I got into this because I'd had enough. I was fed up, but I got to put my words into action because I felt that at that moment when I spoke to the Board of Supervisors, there was millions of people listening. As I've sort of become a leader in this movement, I've realized that people want nothing more than to get on board to get their freedom back. If my voice gets heard and helps people, then this has all been well worth it. If my kids have a better America to live in, then this is absolutely worth it. I really don't like this stuff. I never wanted to be part of a production or a movie or, you know, I'd rather be out in the fields fighting somebody. This is the way that we fight. If this is the way that we inspire uh, people to move forward and, and to come on board with us, you know, for the win, then I'll be here. So. My fellow Americans, it is time to take our freedom back. of Ashley Biden's diary. Is that true? I sold it on eBay. I got one. It was like 50000 so I figured, why not? <laughs> uh, we got a special guest here, uh, Josh Watkins. He's a perfusionist. Um, he was working here at, uh, at Shasta Regional and Mercy. Um, I guess he's not working for Mercy anymore um, because they're not letting people who are choosing not to get vaccinated for whatever reason they have uh to not work there anymore and um anyways he's he's uh he stood up to the board of supervisors and um he's a great patriot and um, I'll, i'm gonna let him tell uh tell us a little bit about himself cool yeah thanks for having me guys <laughs> welcome josh. Um, yeah, yeah, welcome, josh thanks yeah yeah um i'm a northern california native i was born in chico and then traveled around for school a bunch uh, my wife was born in chico and we've known each other since we were eight um we got four kids and we've lived in Reading for the last 11 years. So, nice. um, I was raised to love my country. always have. My dad's a patriot. Uh, he served in the military as did a lot of my other family members. I didn't wish I had. Um, I've been working in the medical field for almost 20 years. I was a paramedic before I went to school and became a perfusionist. Um, and I've been Tell us what that, that is. 17 years. Yeah. So a perfusionist, uh, pretty unique uh, only about 4,000 of us in the United States. Uh, we're involved in anything that is open heart related. Um, anything that needs surgery around the heart, we are either on standby or we're there actively working. And most commonly our job is taking over the function of the body, heart and lungs, thus the heart lung bypass machine, mm -hmm. and uh, keeping the person alive while either a valve gets fixed or they have bypass surgery or something like that. Tell me how it happens. I'm kind of intrigued by that. Yeah, the, the process of yeah, real, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Give me the, the quick. Yeah, so uh, the surgeon opens the patient. Anesthesia puts the patient to sleep. 
uh, we connect to the great vessels of the body of the ones that mm-hmm. receive the blood back, the blue blood and, and the red blood, sending yeah. the oxygenated blood back. Got these big half inch tubes that come off that go to my machine, all disposable. Um, goes through a special device called an oxygenator where we remove CO2 and put in uh, oxygen. Then I also monitor all the normal lab gas values and uh, pretty much keep blood going to all the parts of the body that need it. Goes so it's true that blood is actually blue. Uh, when it comes out, yeah, yeah. It's when it is exposed to the air. What you see. Yeah, usually you'll see like if you had an arterial bleed, it would be kind of bright, yeah. but then it goes to kind of dark and then blue. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How, how many uh, people in the Reading area do this? We just have two. Yeah, just me and uh, and one other guy. I work for him. It's his contract. Um, I, I used to have a contract at one of the hospitals, and then we joined forces a few years back, and he has the contract, and now I work for him. So, so what's what's Mercy doing now? What are they? Uh, so Mercy Hospital is, uh, they fall under Dignity Health, which falls under the larger corporation of Common Spirit, which is like about a 26 or $29 billion company that covers 900 facilities mm-hmm. or something like that in the U.S., so... Uh, supposedly a Catholic hospital. They've taken the position that uh, the vaccine is required. And by it being required, the only variances you're allowed to not have it um, are either medical, which I haven't heard of anybody getting a medical exemption to this point, um, or religious, which is kind of bizarre what they're defining as religious. Um, I can go into that more if, if needed, but basically you have to state how important your faith is to you and how that collides with taking the vaccine. And then there's a panel of people, third party outside of the organization that decides whether or not that is valid enough to not take it. And I've been denied three times. I, I wonder if you identified as a Satanist, if they would just rubber stamp it. <laughs> it, it just, I mean, that's a I bad joke. I'm yeah, just I don't, curious. I don't know. They you might know, not I, want to discriminate. You know, it's too bad. I, I wish they called it a, a moral statement or, or a moral conflict personal you know, belief and a, a religious be one you know because now they're forcing you to bring your very personal faith and your beliefs about well, god into something that like dude this is yeah and up, this up my to job. this point i was telling john a little earlier like we used to we've had we've collided with this before with the flu shot right in a, in a much mm. more benign way of being like do you want to take it or not and you say no i don't it's just a declination i do not yeah. want to do this right you don't have to say why it's not religious it's just sure. a personal belief that i don't want this in my body They've made it religious. They've they've decided by sure. that they can discriminate literally, yeah. who they believe has uh, a religious enough reason, if if that even is a good definition mm-hmm. of the word. Mm-hmm. So, so are you not working there at all now, or nope. did they as bring the, travelers in, or what? <clears throat> so as of October fifteenth, I was told that I wasn't allowed on the premises unless I was a patient. Um, my privileges will officially expire, I think, in ninety days, but I'm not allowed to to work there. I can't imagine there's traveler profusionists though, right? There are. uh, They're very expensive. They're very hard to get. They're very far in advance that you would need to. Um, The way that we've handled it in the past, like so one of us can go on vacation is we actually go from a neighboring city and they take time off to come here or they have an extra person or whatever. But um, so the way that we're running Mercy right now, our contract, uh, my boss's contract at this point is uh, for us to both be there. But they can only do one surgery at a time. So he's taking a hundred percent call there and I'm taking a hundred percent call at Shasta regional. So our quality of life has gone down because before sure. one of us could go to Chico and the other one just kind of covers both. Yeah. If something comes up, you come back. So now I'm locked down a hundred percent and he's locked down a hundred percent to not be able to leave town more than 30 minutes away. So jeez, man, I think we're going to see a lot of this, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of people who are just, you know, are going to 
have to figure this out. Yeah. You know, the high ups are gonna have to eventually see that you can't run a hospital this way. You know, not not in a town this size with people that are gonna need services. It's just not gonna work logistically. Won't won't pan out for them. You know, yeah. I, I wish more people would stand up like you, Josh, because um, a microcosm of this is looking at like Cascade Theater. You know, and they they came out and said, hey, you got to be fully vaccinated to you know to come to one of our concerts and and people stopped going and they changed their policy. They said, okay, you guys are welcome, more than welcome to come now. Yeah, we, you know, and I just think that if more people, you know, stood up, if we all stood up together, that that um, this whole thing would have been gone a long time ago. 100%. And I think that that is, unfortunately, it came to the medical workers first. You know, we've seen kind of a rising up in teachers mm -hmm. and in students and kind of a more coordinated effect. And with the medical workers, we started up, I think when we started <clears throat> pushing back, we had four or 500 people at Mercy that were passionate about, hey, we're not doing this. And then it dwindled, and unfortunately. Either people bounced to other states or they decided they really wanted their paycheck or they didn't feel like they had a voice or that they were all alone. And then that dwindled down to where I think at the end, like it was only about 90 or 100 of us that actually they ended up canceling. Mm -hmm. You know, I, if they had a state at 400, the hospital would have shut down, period. Yeah. They wouldn't have been able to keep doing what they needed yeah, to do. So. I had a conversation yesterday with a friend and I said, I'm no longer mad at the government. I'm more mad at the people now, you know, because government's going to do what the government's going to do. We can expect that. I'm more mad at the people that went along with it. And the reason that you're not working at Mercy is not because the government said you can't. It's not even because the corporation said you can't. It's because the people didn't say, hey, we're standing up against this. You said people thought, well, my paycheck's more important than this, so I'm going to take it. Well, is your life more important than that? Right. A, a good person that does nothing is almost <clears throat> worse than an evil person yeah. that does what they're <laughs> sure. wired to do, you know? It's like... Yeah. I'm like, look, idiots, we, we could have been done with this thing in the first the two weeks. Yeah, in the first two weeks, we could have been done with this thing. People would have said, you know what? Enough. Yep. Let's just be done with it. Yep. So... Yeah. And you know, we see, we kind of predicted it'd go this way, though, where people would just not so who, stand up to. I wonder who, I mean, we could speculate, but who is going to hold that line? Because we saw it get pushed now, like you're saying, through these different yeah. uh, bulk, if you put them in bulk by employment. We saw healthcare workers, military, you know, pilots somewhat seem yeah. to be making a move against it. But it's going to take, yeah, flight attendants yeah. are holding, so some are holding out, right, I guess. I don't know how it's all going, but who who is going to hold it? Well, they're, they're is it going to be, is it going to police and, and fire? I mean, who's going to finally say, nope, you know? Exactly. Well, what what about what the the five year old to eleven year olds are saying that can get vaccinated now? You know, I, I think that should be a line that when they start coming for the kids, you know, we got to hold the line there. What's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back? You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, if they're if they if they were saying that my five year old had to get a vaccine, man, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. I I mean, uh, if you're willing to sacrifice yourself to make money for your family and you, you're not quite sure what the vaccine's going to do to you or whatever, you know, and you're willing to compromise yourself, but I mean, people shouldn't be willing to compromise and and, and have their five year olds as a science experiment. You know, you don't need an ID to go vote, but you're, I mean, like San Francisco pushed uh, uh, a mandate that, that where five-year-olds have to have proof of vaccination on them. I mean, you don't have to have an ID to vote, but a five-year-old needs to have their vaccination paperwork on them to participate in society. The no. city being run by bums sitting on the streets is going to make that kind of policy. No, that's and right. expect everybody else to follow. I mean, it doesn't... Well, yeah. I think the schools up here we're starting to see a move between happy valley remember we had mike sandeas mm -hmm. on last week mm -hmm. he was going to go speak to his uh charter school board that's that's tomorrow 
But the principal of that school called me and had me over to the school on Friday, and he showed me their resolution that they're voting in mm-hmm. on Tuesday. And it is no mandates, yeah. no matter what, sure. students, teachers, nobody. So he's, we got Cascade, Happy Valley, and now this Cottonwood Creek. He said he's pretty sure Cottonwood's going to go. So, if, mm-hmm. man, if we can get a, a huge percentage yeah. of schools to hold the line, I think I think it could start a snowball effect, yeah. you know. That's fantastic. Yeah, really do. It yep. is. Yeah. And well, and it can't be just one school. It has to be two, three, five, and then before you know it, you know it's going to be everybody. Yep. You know, and, and this is the way the counties need to go. And, and we've said this. You know, we had an opportunity uh, a couple weeks ago to go with San Joaquin County, and that would have been two counties, and then there would have been three, and then before you know it, we're starting to take this thing over. But until here locally, our supervisors decide to you know, pull their heads out of their asses, and this is really what's happened. Uh, is people are asking us, well, what was so bad in Shasta County? You guys seem to be the freest county in the state. And I said, look, it's not because of the supervisors. It's in spite of everything they've done. Despite their lack of action, you know, we've risen up and taken some kind of control. Mm -hmm. But that's only going to last so long, right? So we really do need other counties to come on board. We we can take a state back. And and I never thought we could. I've always been the guy saying there's no way California's going to turn. But then we saw something this week in Virginia. We saw it almost in New Jersey, (laughs) right? We're seeing a turn yeah. and I had a conversation with Mark Bear the other day he called me and he said something that's pretty genius he said how did Virginia turn on their state a state that everybody said would never turn red again how they do it they involved the Latino population they took the Hispanics and they said we're gonna have a conversation with you you know and we're gonna talk about the things that matter to you and show you that the things that matter to you are the things that matter to us and we think the same mm-hmm. and they got those people to get involved politically in a process and vote for the, for the Republicans and, and we could do this in California because yeah. I think that we can get more than half of the Latino population to realize that mm-hmm. they've been duped they've been hijacked uh, politically oh, yeah. and they probably think like we think they want to come over here they want to work hard they want to raise their families with the same values that we have and they like the same things that we well, like so Virginia huh? also um, got the middle class the middle class moms involved too you know because of education that was a big thing there because when Terry McAuliffe said hey the mm-hmm. parents don't have any say in the Oh, kids' man. education. Yeah, that, that, I think that was his death knell too. You know, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so let's talk about something real fast. Um, let's introduce this video. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought we were gonna play Josh's video. I said that doesn't look like Josh. Yeah, <laughs> come on, that's not Josh. That's he's not wearing his beanie right there. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, this is psyop for the kids right here. Oh, is it time for the town hall already? V for vaccine. Hi. Hey there. Hola. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello there. So good to see all of you. (laughs) Oh, it really is. But Elmo, why are you dressed? Is it like a clown? Oh, yes. It's kind of embarrassing. (laughs) Elmo was having a virtual play date with Abby. Yeah, we were being clowns. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, but, you know, it's kind of hard to move around in these big shoes. (laughs) I can see that, Elmo. But I have to say it's wonderful to actually see all of you. It also sounds and looks like you and your families have been staying healthy. Oh, 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 I have a way I've been staying healthy, Dr. Sanjay. Look. Oh, does Rosita have a boo-boo? Oh, oh, no, Amita, this is from my COVID vaccine. My mommy and my papi took me to get it this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rosita, that's great. Getting the COVID vaccine is a great way to stay healthy. 
Is anyone else sick See, to their stomach? See, my mommy and my papi said that it will help keep me, my friends, my neighbors, Again, making fools out of the Latino community. Rosita. Yeah, how is that not an insult? insult? You know, COVID vaccines are now... Dude, I can't even... These people are sick. I thought that guy... I didn't think he'd make it back on TV He's after Rogan was done with him. That was a, no. Sanjay, whatever. His name. You know, but but we can see this is what they're feeding your kids. Uh, when you're sitting your kid in front of the TV and you are being the kind of parent that modern parents tend to be, where you know they sit the kids in front of the TV and they go and do the things that they need to do to get done. I understand we're all busy, but don't let that TV babysit your kids. No, that's the kind of shit they're poisoning them with. You know, no. so the next thing you know, your kids. Say, hey, I want a vaccine. Next thing you notice, you're going to school, and now they don't have to tell you they got vaccinated. That, that's coming. Trust me. If it's not already here, it's coming. Oh, they're yeah. trying to put The kids yeah. going to come back from school and say, hey, mom, I went to the nurse's office and got vaccinated today. Yeah, you they're know? trying so to lower that age. Be real careful with what kind of poison you're letting in your in your kids' lives. Sesame Street's but, been working for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, our guest, Josh Watkins, had a video a couple months back. So let's sort of set the stage here, Josh, for us. There was a supervisor meeting that wasn't a real open meeting, but Patrick Jones opened it up for us. I was there. Um, And tell us a little bit about what happened that day. Uh, Tell us about what happened after you spoke, what you expected would happen. Hmm. And uh, and tell us what kind of ride it's been. I mean, I'm a little bit familiar with the video going viral, you know, so tell me what your ride's been like. Yeah, so I just had heard that it was going to be a healthcare rally, you know, kind of trying to meet downtown and uh, we'd been doing flag waving on overpasses and just trying to get people to wake up and, and find out what was going on at the hospital. So uh, we were going to meet downtown and march down at the board of supervisors meeting. I actually didn't even know if I was going to be able to attend the meeting that morning, but um, I had my 11 year old daughter, Emma with me and we were able to go and sit down and listen to some people share. And there was a lot of people and there was a lot of sharing. A lot of amazing stuff was said. And, um, I was to the point where uh, I had other things that I needed to get to, and I was pretty sure that she was bored at that point. So I said, hey, babe, you know, we'll just let this last person finish, and then we'll sure. bounce. And she's like, Dad, actually, I want to stay, and I want to say something. And I'm like, you know, I had, like, <laughs> fear initially, like, what she have to say. Sure. But I, I know her, and I trust her, and I, I know where her heart is. And I, and I actually, the, the only, the main reason that I stayed wasn't that I had think that she had anything amazing that she was going to say that nobody else had but just to teach her that her voice was valuable at that point that no matter what she said she she'll remember for the rest That's of the cool. life that we still so important. Yeah. and she awesome. she was brave enough to stand in front of a couple hundred people and say her piece so you know i'm I, i'm listening and then by the time i got up there I actually was like my mind went into overdrive of i got to introduce her i got to have her to say something you know sure. and uh yeah okay so so you know, by the time I got up there, I actually had a couple of things I wanted to share. Um, only Patrick was there, I think, like you mentioned. And so it was kind of sure. speaking instead of to the Board of Supervisors. We were a bunch of insurgents breaking in. To, <laughs> it's not to like the hypothetical County. Board of Supervisors, but mainly like to the crowd that was the there. The pitchforkers. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so let's play that video real quick. And this video has gone viral. It's gone. You can talk to us a little bit about after the video, um, who's posted it, where sure. it's been, and, and what your experience has been since then. Yeah. I don't know a lot about what's going on, but I, I know enough that um, I know we need to fight for our right. Uh, her name is Emma. Um, my name is Josh Watkins, and I'm up here because she had the courage to say that she wanted to say something. 
And uh, I've alternated in the last year between anger and sadness. Um, I hated politics growing up. I hated my parents talking about it, and I wouldn't even watch the news. That's changed a lot in the last couple years. Um, I'm up here today because I am a healthcare worker. I've been in my profession for almost 20 years. None of you probably know what I do. Um, I run the heart-lung bypass machine, open-heart surgery. There's two of us in this town. We were both in this room today. When we can't show up for work, the hospital goes on diversion, which means the ER can't take critical patients and the helicopters fly right over us. Neither one of us are getting this vaccine. Neither one of us are willing to take that because we know what's on state, at stake for freedoms past that. I've alternated between should I just keep providing for my family, should I take the jab and just keep getting my paycheck? I'll take it for the team if I die at least they'll get provision for as long as it takes until I may or may not have symptoms. But then I'm like, no, that can't happen because if I fold here, I don't know what's gonna happen. <clears throat> I'm here because the Board of Supervisors is failing, other than Patrick. Um, I'm closely related to the recall. I support it 100%. If I don't show up for my job, as I just explained to you, people die. On Saturday night at 10 p.m., I got a page. I did not want to go to work. Somebody was having a very critical problem. They were dying. I worked until 6 a.m. the next day. If I had not have showed up, there would have been nobody to do my job. These guys can't show up their job, and I'm sorry, your jobs are not as important as mine. I'm not here for recognition. You'll never remember what a perfusionist is after this. Maybe you will. I don't like being in front. I do like supporting. I'm really good at supporting. But my encouragement is that all of you have the power that I'm talking about to stand up and to be the voice when you think you don't. You're more valuable than you think you are. And the team that I work with at both hospitals in this town feel very strongly and very similar. And if this mandate goes through, and these people don't show up for work, then people are gonna start dying for other reasons. And it's because there's gonna be nobody to take care of them. I think the reason that was so powerful is because it was so heartfelt. That was obviously not a prepared speech. You didn't stay up all night writing that. You didn't you know, think about it too much. You just went up there and said what was on your heart. And that was really cool. Yeah. And I started seeing it pop up on pages that I follow, you know, people I don't know. I, I was like, man, there's Josh. That's really cool. There's something you to know? this unprepared speech thing. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, you're just like, <laughs> I, I had this big prepared speech. Nobody even seen it. And then Carlos went up there and just freaking said what he thought, man. But that's the power of the truth, though. When you get up there and you speak from the heart, it's, it's more powerful than any corporate-sponsored BS that they can put out there and spend you know, billions Absolutely. of dollars, hundreds of millions on ad campaigns and psyop propaganda. And the truth is more powerful. It really is. And that day you spoke truth, uh, Jocelyn, thanks for doing that. That's, that's really cool. That's what we need. We're talking about this before the meeting, how we need strong men to get up there and not just speak, but just be present, mm -hmm. be there in that room. You know, women have done a really good job of keeping this movement afloat, of sure. being there. You know, it's almost like the, like the old men are at work, the women go and they do all this stuff, you know, but we need men taking the time off for work, taking time away from the responsibilities for just a moment to show up there and, uh, and 
just show our, our power. You know, you, you said it. You say we're powerful beyond what people even recognize. You know, so so since then, Josh, what 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 has happened since that that speech? Now that's gone, gone viral. Yeah. So initially, it was on you know your guys' show, and I I read through some of the YouTube comments, and it was. I stopped doing that after a while. There's a lot of supportive people. There's some jerk people that take shots at your kids and you just kind of get riled up and that's not worth it. Um, but the, the encouragement, um, the encouraging people and then the people that have reached out actually personally, they get, get a hold of me on Facebook or Messenger or whatever and they share their story and they share what they're going through and they share, or even other people in my profession and other parts of the country have said, oh man, this this actually gave me the oomph to actually stand up because I was, I was wavering, you know, or just 100% support. So, yeah, it kind of uh, it blasted off initially, and then I don't know, it, it, you know, stuff gets passed around, and then it got chopped up, and it got put in at some sort of a TikTok montage, and then I, I think I first heard that uh, that General Flynn had shared it, or whoever runs cool. his Telegram, so then that got, you know, half a million views, and then David Harris Jr. saw it, and that got a bunch, and I, I kind of lost track after that. I, I saw it, somebody sent it to me in Russian, and I was like, wow, okay. That's cool. <laughs> Melania Trump. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, Melania <clears throat> Trump, or whoever runs her Telegram, I saw it on that as well, so... Um, yeah, you know, just I never expected anything that I, I said to get out there. But I think what was resounding, no matter how much the, the clip got cut up or, mm-hmm. you know, never really watered down. But, you know, it was just the underlying theme that you can stand up and have a voice and and yeah. to not not feel alone. I like what you said, that if you fold here, that's only going to bring more things to come. Yeah. You know, and that's always been our message. We've talked about this, Woody. You know, it's like, OK. This might be acceptable, right? But if I do this now, what's going to come is going to be way worse. Yeah. You know? and that's what we're trying to avoid here. That's kind of what's happened. If you look oh, at here. Oh, that's know, exactly what's happened. The mask. Yeah. Just, yeah. We're just going to flatten the curve for a couple of weeks, you know? And now, man, yeah. it's been... Couple I didn't. Years, yeah, I didn't have gray hair when this thing started, <laughs> yeah. so it's been going on a long time. Yeah. Well, it was funny the other day. I had you know the social media will remind you like what you said a year ago. They'll send up a post, you know, whatever, just to you. And yeah. the one that I had posted a year ago said, "Where's your line?" And I was yeah. like, "Wow, how how amazing yeah. is that?" Like I was asking other people and myself where my line was a year ago, and now that line is like so far in the rearview mirror. Yeah, not mine, but a lot of people's, and it's uh, it, we're we're watching what we're speaking come to fruition. Yeah. And it's just craziness. I have a, <clears throat> I have a friend, young young guy that's, uh, gonna try. I, his his mom's in the hospital right now. I think she's unconscious with kidney failure, and and uh, they won't let his stepdad go in and visit her because he's unvaccinated. You know, that's tough. That's tough stuff. Man. Yeah, it is. That's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just hate it for him. You know. Yeah, I mean, somebody well, has I to pay for that, though. That, and this is what I keep coming back to. Somebody that doesn't come for free. You're not going to make us suffer through mm-hmm. this kind of pain for free. No, at some point, somebody has to pay for this. And I just ta- I had a good conversation with a friend, and he was talking about, <clears throat> you know, vaccine science aside, just mm-hmm. your freedoms and liberty. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. got to hold the line, and if it's you not taking the shot, whatever it is, you know, in in your protest, and it's got to start formulating, or they're just going to keep taking and taking sure. ground. It's going to keep coming, and you're never going to avoid it, right? Mm. I don't, I don't get that. People are just going to stay in some peaceful, non-confrontational corner. Mm. What world? Where does that happen? No, unless you're a slave, sure. That does exactly what somebody over the top of you says. Otherwise, you're going to have confrontation. You're going to have difficulty. You're going to have strife. You're going to be on the battlefield. You're going to be in it. Take it with honor and figure out how you can help the fight. 
And that's what I saw is these people in these, because perfusionist by no, and not a derogatory term is in a corner, like you're way over here. (laughs) People don't even know you exist, right? But they know there's a machine that keeps people alive while they're having surgery. But here's this guy in this corner standing up. Well, I should be able to do that in this corner over here if I'm a truck driver and I don't want to supply this place anymore. You know, like start taking your stance. I don't get it. You're not going to, you know, I just listened to another speech and the guy said the quickest way to peace is surrender. So we're just going to keep staying peaceful and keep surrendering. Like, where where are you going to draw your line? And now your life has gotten more difficult. I think Ronald Reagan said that. Didn't he? Ronald Reagan said that. Yeah. No way to pieces to surrender, but it's not an option. No, you know? it's not an option. That, you, that's the good men doing nothing yeah. a lot of times. Right. Where, where do you see it going from here in the healthcare field up here? Do you? Man, I bounce around because I see, I see small glimmers of hope where I see people standing up and, you know, I, I'm being invited to be part of a lawsuit against, you know, certain entities and thinking that maybe there's some power in that. Sometimes just, just people banding together is enough to get the decision reversed. You know, we've seen some of that happen in L.A. County, some back east. Um, you wonder what there, I think it's all numbers. It's so much of healthcare. Now I, I got into it with this and I tr- truly do it for the, the benefit of helping people, but that's not why healthcare exists now. It's mm-hmm. for money. Yeah. And so it, it's all them counting the dollars of how much they can lose by people standing up and we have to make it hurt bad enough or make it inconvenient enough that they actually do listen. And unfortunately yeah. that's, that's where I see the state of it being, but they're replacing people. It may be harder to replace me than a, a you know a nurse assistant or a regular nurse or you know somebody else where there's there's plentiful supply, but I have people here at Mercy that say that they have people working there now that they've never seen before that are from other countries. Some of them don't even speak English. Um, National Guard. National Guard was there for quite a while. Um, but look at the it's cost good. Yeah, to the quality good. of care <laughs> right, 100%, there, yeah. because over a vaccine. It's, it just can't make sense to anybody that has a brain. <laughs> well, we had this know? conversation a couple months back when I first started to focus on the medical field. 30% of the hospital was vaccinated. It was a really low number. What's that number now? Are, are they up to 100? No, no. It's not. Well, nope. <laughs> well, no, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. But, okay, yeah. without, without the exemptions, yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. Yeah, I think that they have said that the last one I heard was they were in the 70s, 70%, okay. something so like that. So there's quite a bit. So there's quite a bit. 40% more. They got beat people. back. Yeah. They got, got beat, beat down mm-hmm. to the point that they said, hey, they surrendered. You know, yeah. well, surrendered. it's my job. I guess. Well, plus some of it. Some have left, so that would that would raise sure, that number. Sure. Like, remember Scott Frank we had on here? Yeah, yeah, he's his, gone. He's traveling. Him and his girlfriend Vicky Tomasello there in Montana. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, author, he's yeah. one that's out, right? Mm-hmm. You're out. I mean, you can just in our circles. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, sure. a decent percentage of that has to be people leaving and getting replaced by people yeah. that are vaccinated. That are vaccinated. So exactly. Yeah. So it's driving those numbers up a little bit too. We've we've had a few wins though lately. I mean, we've been seeing some pushback and uh, some states uh, winning lawsuits and. Stuff like small small wins, but I think we got to celebrate our victories too. I mean, I know we're in a we bad spot, but we had a um, federal win, right? A federal judge. Just oh yeah, put the a appeals state. court. Yeah, yeah. That's the Fifth Circuit yeah. uh, Court of Appeals. Yeah. So yeah. what do you do exactly? He stopped the federal mandate. Yeah, the, the hundred and more employees yeah. per business that's oh, okay. on hold right now. Yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? I've lost a lot of faith in the justice system and the courts and everything because we've oh, just, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, it's just, they, it seems like they're not doing much, but I don't know. I haven't lost faith all the way. I'm still, yeah. we, we're getting a few wins here and there and, and people are starting to wake up and push back. And, and really what, if people just didn't comply, this whole thing would go away though. We don't mm-hmm. need to win this thing in court. We don't have to shop mm-hmm. with these horrible corporations that run our lives. You know, you don't. You don't need all that cheap Chinese crap, you know, right. for Christmas. You just don't need it. 
-hmm. How much of the stuff do you really need? You know, is it's so you vote every time you shop, and we keep supporting these people that control our lives. They they own Vanguard and BlackRock and all these other companies that basically own everything, and and uh, so that's how one way I fight against this is I just don't participate. I don't support them. Yeah. You know, mem very minimal, maybe indirectly on accident, but. I mean, I'm just not going to buy. I'll if if they have something that I need, I'm just going to say, you know what? I don't I don't need it, and I'm just going to live without it. Yeah, and I had a um, a moment last week and did some interesting research. I'll share real quick, but <clears throat> I contacted Carlos because we've talked about it here, kind of the experience with OSHA, because mm -hmm. Biden's up there, you know, raw raw OSHA is going to do this thing, and I'm like, I wonder if anyone's actually talked to OSHA. Because I'd worked for supervisors who will get up there and say something. I'm like, uh, you haven't asked the people to enact that. You want to talk to us first, you know? But anyway, uh, so I called OSHA, had about a 30-minute conversation with the guy on the phone. It was great. We were laughing, had a good conversation. But he quickly informed me of the code. So labor law defaults to OSHA code, mm -hmm. right? You're probably more familiar with, with this than myself. But there's a emergency temporary standard that was put in place for COVID. And in that emergency temporary standard, there's zero about vaccines, nothing. So when Biden's standing up there talking, it's an empty threat. And when businesses are laying people off, I'm like, I can't believe they're exposing themselves to that liability because there's actually nothing in code that you can actually fall back on. So you would have to really present a case that Josh here is endangering your other employees or some other grounds to terminate someone. And I was just blown away by that. And I said, wait, there's nothing about the vaccine. No, no. And I said, so, because that's, we got to that by me asking, hey, what happens if you come to my business because of a complaint? How does, run me through that scenario? Well, I'd come in and check for these different standards that are in that code. I think it was 3205 and blah, blah, blah. And mm -hmm. he's running me through the scenario because I honestly want to hear. And then I asked, well, what about vaccines? I don't want to carry that information because of HIPAA law and you can't ask. And what, so how does that get cut? Oh, there's nothing about vaccines. I can't ask about them. I'm like, what? The president of the United States just said that you're going to enforce this. So Cal OSHA has zero marching orders on enforcing it and have zero code that they can go off of in order to enforce it. Remember, they don't need to enforce it. All they need is for people to start doing it. <laughs> Apparently, and, and, all you got to do is a press yeah. conference now. You just right. do a press conference and boom. So it's everybody fear. Just falls you tweet it. So, it, it, so it, it's it running Twitter. off fear. Yeah, it's like OSHA. And then it's just this <laughs> ambiguous like term. Yeah. You got to understand uh, that yeah. these big giant corporations, though, and these companies that run everything, they're already in the behind the scenes meetings and they already know what the agenda is being rolled out. I'm just saying. So they're all like all these big companies are already know what's coming down the pipeline. And they're, oh, that's why they're in the position they are because they are carrying out the agenda of these globalists. Yeah, you know? yeah. So well, the well, fines were outrageous that they were talking about like 14,000 per person. Well, I started asking yeah. him that. Yeah. And he said, it, it, there's a spread. This was another funny part of the conversation. Then he kind of chuckled too. Cause I said, well, how do you figure out the fines, the amounts? And he said, well, there's a spreadsheet. And I said, Oh really? Well, how's that spreadsheet work? And he said, well, if this happened, you know, he's kind of giving me an, a scenario and I go, well, can I see that spreadsheet? Is that public document? He says, Oh, I don't think so. Like, wait a second. The guy you're going to slap with the fine doesn't even know what his possible <laughs> fine could be? He's like, yeah, I got to find out. And he starts laughing. I said, I would really like to know if that's a public document because we should all see it. Because you hear the other stories where be. you guys get demonized that you're going to slap us with $10,000, $14,000. He says, no, a general violation starts at two grand. 
And then it depends on how he works through his spreadsheet, like an algorithm, you know, of, of ratcheting up that fee or leaving it at the baseline. And they have no, no jurisdiction to come onto your property. You know, they, they'd have to get a search warrant like any other law. So the, the whole thing is just a, a fear mongering sure. from a podium. Yeah. It doesn't even have teeth. I mean, yeah. if, if you got a bunch of complaints and those guys actually have time you, to come out, you they're, know? they're banking on people like you and me to just comply yep. and, you know, put the pressure on everybody else to, you yeah. know, the yeah. more people can get to comply, the more they can say, Hey, look, they're doing it. Now it's time for you to do it. Yeah. You know, I think they get to that critical mass where they're like, okay, we can live with this many people being vaccinated. We don't need these people. Like you were saying with the hospital. Okay. They, they, they've done the math, right? They've done the mm -hmm. quick math and said, okay, we can do this much with this many, you know, if we fall below that number, then we'll revisit it. But they're making on people to say, hey, you know what? We're going to do it. Yeah. And they do. Well, they like the, if you go like any other time in history, if you go by people that have natural immunities, plus the vaccinated, mm -hmm. we're way beyond herd immunity, mm -hmm. sure. you know, and then, and how much longer are they going to be able to hide the fact of all these breakthrough cases? I, I mean, I talked to people, I just talked to some today that his kids, he just found out that his uh, son and daughter-in-law got vaccinated and a month later they both had COVID, were bedridden, you know. Mm -hmm. I hear about it all the time, all the time. but yeah. you never ever hear about it on the news once in a blue moon, you know, right. a breakthrough case. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, even the really, really rare. They and they no. come up with that, it's you know, rare. the, the you know, non-factual in my mind just well, but their case was must have been less severe because they were vaccinated and I'm like, Who's tracking that? Yeah. You're just making that up. That's get another thing out of thin air. You know? Well, they come out and say, "Oh, it's got 95 percent efficacy," and then they're like, "Well, it's 37 percent efficacy." They just keep changing the numbers. <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> um, so. So one thing that's kind of interesting I just ran across the other day was that in uh, early December, before I think it was December 27th, 2019, when we heard about the COVID 19 or whatever, in the very beginning of December, Congress changed the definition of vaccine to include the definition of vaccine, which is giving you small amounts of live viruses or dead viruses that were build your, uh, your immunity up in your system. So that's what technically a vaccine was a lot more technical than that, but they changed it to uh, include MRNA gene therapy technology right before this thing. And then yeah. you look at like people like Fauci saying, Oh, there's going to be a pandemic. You look at the Rockefeller white papers from 2010 operation lockstep. You look at people who've, said this is what's going to happen this is how it's going to roll out and it, and it rolls out exactly how you know they said it's pretty blatant yeah yeah they changed the definition just coincidentally right before i think some of them are getting caught now i, I really yeah. think fauci is going to be on the road well, I, I mean more and more quick. people that have gotten the jab that are now regretting it saying man i wish i'd go back with her saying hey you know what? i'm for sure not getting the booster you know, yeah. uh, who good really, for them. Yeah, and they've done the research and said, you know what? I, I wish I would take the time to, to really research this and read up on it. And they didn't go well think about Gavin. More. Did you hear about Gavin getting the booster eleven days ago? Is that true? It's I couldn't true, figure yeah. out if it okay, was true. So let, let's, let's debunk some real quick. That real raw news is a satire. No, he's site. talking. They're talking about a different one. Okay, well, he said me no. something earlier. Oh, yeah, well, so that was random. Thing, I didn't even read it. But I, I know. Okay. Barely, so, but. so let's get that out of the way, okay? Because yeah. <laughs> I get a lot of that. The real raw news. So if you're somebody out there that's sending me real raw news, it's a satire site. No, that's right. why I said it, and I said no. I can't verify this. It's interesting, <laughs> no. though. No, no, yeah, yeah you're, no, you're it was, one of many. It was a different Twitter post of a doctor. <laughs> but again, yeah. all this could be make it. Uh, sorry, so no, what you hear? This was he. He got the booster shot, and eleven 
10 days ago and he was supposed to go to scotland he was and then and he was he supposed to zoom in he didn't do and that he didn't do that so he canceled a bunch of stuff he, he hasn't canceled. he hasn't been in public for quite some time now but it's all speculation at this point it is but it is kind of weird coincidental the time, coincidental well, yeah we, we wish him the best i hope he recovers quickly heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bird in hell <laughs> he's yeah, let's switch gears real quick because we can talk about this vaccine stuff forever. Um, I think we need to address, continue to address what's going on here in our county as far as the recall goes. And then as far as the vetting for candidates as we're approaching an election, because we're right around the corner. I think they're just saying a February election, correct? February 1st. Is what they're looking at, which is as we get through the holidays, people tend to turn their minds off during the holiday and focus on family as they should. And, and I encourage you to do that. You know, But as soon as we wake up out of the holiday break, we're going to be right in campaign mode you know, and, and getting ready to elect somebody to replace uh, Leonard Modi, which is a great thing. Uh, so how are we looking? What, what are you guys hearing? There was a debate last week, correct? There was a debate, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was Tim Garman, Frank Muse, uh, Tariq Muhammad, or Mahmoud, um, Dale Ball, mm-hmm. and then I didn't know the fifth guy. Was there a fifth? Da- uh, David, right? Wasn't it David? Um Gosh, I've met him before. I don't I feel terrible. I, I, I hate forgetting people's names. But yeah, it happens. So, David, if you're listening, we're sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good to get to know them and watch them all answer questions and get to get It'd a feel be great for their to backgrounds. Get them on and, here to get, yeah. you know, yeah, we can even do a couple at a time. You know, get them get them in the podcast and talk to them a little bit. Yeah, yeah I think that'd be good. And I uh, that window, if you are listening and you're thinking about running in District Two, you do need to get your paperwork in that's sure. going to be open and closed i don't i can't speak to when but just keep your eye on that and make sure you get that in did you go to the debate john i didn't it was a long day i really wanted to yeah i went okay yeah i, I didn't go either so. i had to leave a little bit early but um it was good i mean yeah. good questions it was well run it, everybody was very respectful sure and it just gave us a good glimpse into you know th- who these people what are the that want to run there. And um, that it's a varying of backgrounds, businessman to um, somebody that's been involved with the, you know, helping out the homeless a ton to a school board rep, you know, and and so it was a the, good the school board rep yeah. at the time. I think yeah. they were happy the first, right? yeah, the first school to come out and hold the lines. So yeah, did you yeah. did you go to that or I get to watch it? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So, and I think there'll be more stuff. There'll There's be more be town more halls, things. and there'll be some, you know, live stream on some more debates. I had a great meeting yesterday with uh, Lee Fulton, a friend of mine who runs the American Legion here in Cottonwood, and he was talking about the, the American Legion and how he wants to get more involvement uh, from the community into helping veterans. In that conversation, he mentioned that the American Legion is pretty cool because it's sort of like a Switzerland, right? They're not political; they're very neutral. You know, they simply serve veterans and communities. So what he wanted to do, he wanted to bring a debate to the stage at the American Legion in Cottonwood. He thought that'd be a cool deal to do, you know, and, and let veterans sit there and ask questions, yeah. you know, because that's a, uh, a demographic that gets ignored a lot, right? Everybody goes, oh, yeah, we support veterans, but they don't actually know how they support veterans or, yeah. or what they can do to support veterans, you know. But for a candidate to have to actually be in a room full of veterans would be kind of a cool thing and have some questions asked by them, you know. We could um, get uh, what that's... Boz district so we could get baron browning sure chris kelstrom and colt roberts all yeah that would be fantastic yeah. so yeah, be we'll be talking about putting something like that together you know but there's a lot of people in the community who are saying how can we help how can we get involved in the process because they want to be involved they want to create 
platforms for other people to get involved as well, and that's well, pretty What cool. about a District 2 uh, debate there also? Because people probably gather there from all different Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be in that or, district, you know. Um, we, we can do, they have a great place there, you know. Uh, they have a, a fantastic, a lot of people don't even know about it. You've probably driven by it, you know, a hundred times, you know, just never realized it was there, the American Legion, mm-hmm. right there at the end of town. And um, what a cool place. They have a cool bar, you know, and... You know, I think it'd be a fantastic place for people to go get together, eat, drink, and, and then ask some good, hard questions of these candidates, you know, yeah. because we, we got to get this right. You know, we, we can't afford uh, to just vote for somebody because we heard he was a good guy or because we recognize the name. We we have to really put these guys through through the ringer in a good way, yeah. in, a, in a constructive, productive way where we can see who we have running. Yeah. And just uh, asking the right questions. I had like a long conversation today kind of unpacking that like what are the what are the right questions look like and it's kind of putting people under pressure so that we can see where their morals lie examples of where they've took stands you know that those type of questions rather than the ones that say yeah i'm fiscally conservative well modi says that too like and i need to hear something with a little more meat in the times we're in given this situation what would you do faced with this issue how would you address it which the veterans would be perfect for that right because it used to be a lot of that was what was respected because mm-hmm. battlefield prowess is that ability to pivot be creative get people to follow you get behind a miss- mission not about yourself like that was something that was held high sure you know and it still is i think by the majority of the country but it gets kind of lost so getting that flavor and culture back into politics where it's sure. not about power or money or prestige i remember you know? when i was a kid for most of us a, a veteran was a vietnam guy or a world war ii guy or korea right. you know there, there were these these older guys, the Vietnam guys were sort of like our dad's age, you know, and stuff, you know. Uh, but now we're in, you know, a, a time where we're in a 20-year war. And we have veterans who are younger than us. We yeah. have veterans who are in their late 20s, early 30s, you know, who still have a lot of life to live. So how do we um, how do we give these guys, you know, the right resources, the right tools? Number one, to stay alive. You know, we lose a lot of veterans to, to suicide. Uh, number two, how, how to live a good quality life. You know, how do we improve their quality of life, you know? So I think these are the things that I'd like to address on a local level and see mm-hmm. see what these guys have planned, if they've even thought about it, because a lot of people yeah. have not. So, Well, and it'll be good to see what candidates actually show up. Because is Modi going to even show yeah, up? I would love to have know, Modi there. I would you know, love to have Leonard yeah. Modi there debating. Modi had to be in a flat panic at the board meeting when Kathy Darling came and presented everything. And, and here's this whole crowd of people, you know, they're railing against him, and he's got... He's got Benjamin Nguyen and Nathan Pinkney there. The, Pinkney the, left about, before that even. Oh, he didn't even their, stay long enough. Their Leonard Modi signs. Leonard yep. was probably just thinking, oh, crap. I got Leonard had like. Socialist. And, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. He had maybe five. Because yeah. I, I sat through that entire thing and look, kept looking, you know. Yeah. Observing dynamics. And, you know, his mask was from here to here, you know, <laughs> the whole time. Then when, then when they have to talk. The mask it's pulled off the ear, then they talk, you know, him and Mary and put it back on. Like, Are we doing this still? That's, that's some virtue signaling there. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, yeah, when you look out, you have those two guys, Nathan Pinkney and Benjamin Nguyen. Well, and Pinkney, they had to tell him to be quiet more than anybody else in the meeting the whole time. You know, well, the, the hour and change that he was there. 
He yeah. was just, rawr, rawr, you know, up front. And I think just, Pinkney should run as an alternate against uh, Modi, just in case Modi, the you know, fifty percent plus one vote. You know, they, he's got a backup, there, yeah. you know, to run for him. Pinkney, Pinkney's <laughs> Modi's vice. I, I, I heard he's looking for a job again. Vice supervisor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. it's great because I want to go back to Airport Cafe and have breakfast again like I used to. So now I can. You know, Heck yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, did we get any callers or questions or anything on the lines there, fellas? Crickets, huh? Mm -hmm. Man. What's that? <laughs> yeah, what's it? What, what do we got? Okay. Okay. Nice. G nice. Good, good, good deal. deal. <laughs> so, Josh, uh, if you would, maybe um, I'm curious, you know, what's home life when you take this stand? You're obviously not completely out of work, but I think there's a lot of people, if they hold the line, it's the what if. Maybe sure. you could speak a little bit about that, what that's like for your fam. Yeah, so um, stressful for sure. You know, kind of what I do is stressful anyways, and this has added a whole other level mm -hmm. to, to the stress. I, I mean, I've been on call for 17 years, and uh, now it's like, are you going to be able to continue to do your job and provide for your family, which is a, a kind of an alternate kind of stress. So, you know, we're we're figuring out backup plans. Um, I've, I swung a hammer before I went in the medical field, and so... I can swing a hammer again. Oh, um, I could have your job like tomorrow if you wanted that. That's, that, that's been <laughs> awesome too. Is you know yeah. the amount of people I think I, I shortchanged myself of what else I could do, but you know having other people reach out and be like, hey, you know we got your back. We we see you standing up, and we're not going to let you flounder. Yeah, and that's oh, absolutely. Been, that's been valuable. Um, yeah, you know, my wife is a hundred percent support. Um, you know, I'm I'm more of the conspiracy theorist in our family for sure. Uh, she's more of a realist. But she's patriotic and she she backs it and it takes a lot of strength to do what she's doing watching me do what i'm trying to do yeah absolutely um, it's been really awesome to see my kids stand up um and to support as well to have their own conversations with their peer groups mm. uh at their places of employment or as they're traveling and you know what what choices they make um mm. to whatever mandate they may be colliding with um and that makes me proud um it's been interesting in my extended family, the support or lack thereof. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of that can be the most painful mm -hmm. when you uh, you have a difference of opinion within somebody that's you're really close to. Yeah, it's different than sure. disagreeing with a stranger. Yeah, um, my dad is hundred percent support. I talk to him all the time. That's been valuable. Mm -hmm. He's eighty three years old. He's fierce for our country, but he's proud of what I'm doing. Awesome. Um, so yeah, and then I think, you know, beyond that it's it's been the people in the comments or the people have reached out. You know, I had one lady specifically who reached out and she's from Northern California. She's like, I had a kid, I have a kid. He's sixteen now, but he had surgery when he was young and now looks like he's gonna need surgery again, but they won't give him any kind of variance on not getting the vaccine before he gets his procedure. The surgeon won't allow it. Mm. So now now they have to choose whether they take all of the potential bad side effects to a kid that's already critically had mm -hmm. medical problems to get the medical attention he actually needs. And they're, they're in that tension of having mm -hmm. to make that decision. And that's unacceptable. Yeah, it's terrible. And, you know, we've all heard the stories of people not getting kidneys or not getting this. But I think that that if, the, if we don't stand up against that, yes, having a loved one die without somebody bedside is absolutely criminal, in my opinion. But it's even more criminal for somebody not even to be able to get the I medical hate to say, but I, I, I kind of run like through a movie in my mind of what that would look like, you know, of literally going to the hospital 
I would put a gun to somebody's head and say, hey, dude, save my child. Dude, I've you been know, there. Do it. And I'm serious. I, you know? I have a special needs kid. Yeah. She spent the first four months of her life in ICU, and we've been mm -hmm. back to ICU two, three times, life flighted. Mm -hmm. And she's sick this week, you know, with a normal cold, but we're watching and progressing, and I'm thinking, what the, what happens? Yeah. yeah. If she gets on a helicopter. Well, you call and, me. And they won't you, you, call, you call the guys in this room. Right? Yeah. I, I promise you, we will be there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. But yeah. why are we playing that scenario out? Like, it's yeah. so, it's Ridiculous. just unbelievable. <clears throat> yeah listen we're getting a lot yeah. of comments on the feed here on the social media uh, if you have any questions please feel free to call in or feel free to ask the questions via the the forum there and uh, we'll do our best to address those and answer them so well i think it's important that we're authentic with the stresses that come with yeah. taking the stand with giving up your time <clears throat> what Carlos went through when the DA activated basically oh, oh watch out you, I, you might take me to court like I mean it's just crazy sure. right but the stress we need to be authentic about those things and they do take a hit and it takes a family behind the people and it takes you know brothers saying what you just said you call me and I'll show up that's oh, yeah. that's what's going to get us through the longevity of this thing because like john's talked about these globalists have had a plan for decades and they're mm -hmm. they're moving it and it's moving big and it's big companies but that in in the individual hearts that band together is more powerful 100 percent, and has been throughout history and and we can turn this we, could, have, we, we could keep have, having this you know we, we could have great peace great harmony literally right now you know because we're not asking going back to what i've said over and over and over again i get tired of saying it but we're not asking for anything you know, just let us go back to normal. Let's go back to where we can provide good health care mm -hmm. to the citizens of this country, regardless of vaccinated or not. You know, let us go back to where our kids can go to school without fearing somebody admonishing them for pulling their mask down or, you know, or whatever. I mean, let's just get back to normalcy. That's all we ask for, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think we can get there quickly. I think we can get there fairly quickly. And, and it's turning. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you guys who feel like, like the ship's not turning, trust me that it is. We're seeing it every single day. Talking to people every single day, people who are waking up, people who at one point disagreed with us and, and maybe questioned why we're fighting the way we're fighting and doing what we're doing. We're now saying, hey, let me get in the fight with you guys. You know, I'm, I'm ready. You know, yep. my, my line's been crossed, you know, mm -hmm. and and that's a great thing. That's an empowering thing. It's a refreshing thing because uh, we've been sitting here going like, shoot, man, is anybody going to jump on this ship with us? <laughs> fight with us? Yeah, there are some and, walls. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now that, that ship's getting crowded, which is awesome you know it's a non-partisan thing yeah it, it is it is we've actually removed the, the partisan politics out of it we haven't taken the politics out of it. this is a political fight that we're it political, thinking yeah. about it but but we've taken the partisan politics out of it and said hey you know what this is a patriot thing yeah. this is a we love this country we love the people in this country uh, because you can't love this country and hate the people right we, we, we gotta love the people that make up our our, our population uh, and because of that i think people are starting to buy together and say hey what's best for everybody this vaccine's not best for everybody even people that have said hey take the vaccine because it's really just what's best for it it's your patriotic duty i think uh, somebody said the other day right to, to get the vaccine and oh man and i'm like no it's not it's my no, patriotic, it's not. patriotic duty to take care of my family the best way that i can and support you and doing the same thing for yours and, this, and it's really that simple it, it's obvious that the vaccine is, does not work and if you get it they're still telling you oh you got to wear a mask oh if you and let's look at the masks i mean mm -hmm. the particulates of the covid <laughs> is a thousand times smaller than the mesh and your average cloth covering that you're putting over your face i mean you know yeah. throw a golf ball through a freaking basketball that doesn't even work but even if the vaccines worked you shouldn't have to worry about masks but you, you take the vaccine oh i've got to take another vaccine now if you don't get 
the the booster shot, you're going to be technically unvaccinated again, mm-hmm. and this is it's never going to stop. Well, yeah. you can. Everybody needs to ra- keep rallying together and supporting mm-hmm. each group. You know, mm-hmm. this Freedom Coalition mm-hmm. thing is important on Thursday nights, where all the different groups are coming. There's something for everyone there, whether if you're there for your religious beliefs or you're there because you're interested in government education. There's somewhere to plug in Thursday nights at six. Mm-hmm. Um, the church on South Bonneview. I'll look up the. I'll look up the address, but man, get, get involved doing maybe. some. Yeah, I think it is twenty five seventy. Yeah, and, and so. this is the answer to a lot of people's questions: How do I get involved? Yeah, support what you guys are doing. What can I actually do? You know, how do I get there? How to get in the game? You know, show up to these kinds of things. You know, it doesn't have to be that one. That's a great one. Uh, but if you hear about people getting together to talk about this. Show up, support them, ask mm-hmm. questions. Maybe you have some answers. Maybe you have a some solution to the problem. So you'll you see. Know, you never know. The, the person with a solution to this whole thing might be just be sitting on the couch right now, yeah, you know, <laughs> listening, waiting for the right moment. So you get in the fight, get in the game. We need you. you well, know? we need the numbers, and we need uh, we need to know. We need OSHA to know and Cal OSHA to know that our businesses up here are not going to stand for you coming and and squashing them. That's not going to roll. So. Well, and they don't. I talked about that to that, and he was one of the lower guys, you know, that yeah. would be coming out and writing fines or whatever. But he, I said, they're not doing. Think it. about the no, they're not doing it. And no. I said, you, I imagine you have a full time job and you don't want to enforce masks and vaccines. And he just started laughing out loud, like, yeah, I wish everybody knew that, you know. Yeah. But then I said, think about the moral dilemma that you're running, ru- that the government officials are running us into, you know. You're going to know it's morally not a code you should enforce just like the masks right now Mm -hmm. that most of those guys know. But they're going to do it for their job or whatever. We've unpacked that a little bit. Then I'm going to know it's not right for my people. And then so so what's going to happen when we – I'm I'm not going to – speculate on what's going to happen right well you but got you think you've got right that. on your side and he's not feeling good about what he's doing it'd be like catching some guy with your wife you know he's not going to fight very hard no. you're probably going to beat him up you know mm-hmm. and that's a, that's the way it is because well, he's extreme woody i hate that i hate that when they say hey i'm just doing my job you I'm know? Just dead that's up. no that's no different than that, that's the worst I, I respect the guy more he says hey you know what I support I this, and this. I think you're yeah. doing the wrong thing, and I'm here to enforce it to make everybody safer. I respect yeah. that guy more, Absolutely. even though I think he's entirely wrong, and the guy who's like, well, you know, I kind of agree with you, but just yeah. do my job, man. You know, have a great day. I was just following yeah. orders didn't yeah. work yeah. when it came to the Nuremberg Code mm-hmm. and the violations mm-hmm. and the Geneva <laughs> Convention, but, I mean, if you look at the people that got prosecuted right. and and uh, killed over that stuff, and then some of those guys actually got hired by the U.S. government, but that's a long conversation, but well, a lot of people see did you. get held, held accountable for their actions, and, and I was just following orders. That wasn't right. that didn't get you out of anything. Yeah, we're going to see what they do with these schools. Sure. This is going to be the test. I mean, are they going to cut funding to every school that won't mandate it in right. all of Northern California? Right. And that's fine. That's, I say let them cut the funding. Game. We don't need your money to run a school. And we that's really what I don't. That's you know? what I want to hear representatives say. Yeah, yeah. we, we, don't need, we, all we fall into this idea that we need all this money, millions and millions of dollars to run an elementary school. Yeah, no, you don't. Get a couple of teachers, get a building. You know, money for food for the kids, and, and it's really that simple. It, it really is a simple, especially with this, with the internet now. You know, we have access to anything we we want to have access to. Any book, any article, any kind of literary resource we can find online they became a big daycare system instead of an educational facility a lot of them and i mean i love teachers i'm all for but our public schools just like the food deal Mm -hmm. i mean i never 
Nobody ever fed my kids. Yeah. I sent them with their own lunch. If sure. they wanted to eat school lunch, I sent them with their we two money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Feed your own kid. Yeah, sure. That's what I mean. That's one program that I really gets under my skin. I know there's a few. There's some kids that need it. I don't want any kids. But these parents have come to rely on it. Oh, absolutely, and that's, that's wrong. You know? Yeah, but but if there's kids, we have people in the community where if there's kids whose parents really can't afford for them to have food at school. I would pay for it. We would pay for it. I mean, uh, this is what I'm saying. Is, That's what is, is community does. The community yeah. that actually will, as long as you're not using it for a crutch, as long as right. you're not the kind of person who's not even trying. But if you're trying, you know, every and I'll take it a step further. I think every kid uh, in an American school should have better meals than, than anybody. I mean, look at the way Europe does it. And you can say, oh, that's socialist. No, this is us taking care of Americans, you know, our kids shouldn't be fed junk food if they are eating at school. It should be really good, healthy food. Well, and a lot of that gets packaged, right? I forget the exact saying, but it's basically get, you know, evil packages sell first as a good deed, you right. know, and you look sure. at this vaccine, even you look at feeding kids at school and then, but then it ends up being a crutch. It's something you're attached to something that ends up People use it for power, use it as a wrench to, to make you comply, and then it turns down this path, and you're like, what the heck? On the onset, it looked good. Sure, I nodded my head. looked like we were going to take care of people. But now we've learned. We've gone so far down these roads. We need to retract well, that you, you back. Do, I don't want account, government in there taking my money and saying, I'll take care of the kids. And, and that's I what happens, you know. But I guarantee you that if the six of us here made a school, and, and you're in this fight, and Lonnie, I mean, you guys have, have uh, are in the process of forming a school, have formed a school, you yeah. know. I guarantee if we form a school, our kids are going to eat better than any other school. You know, we're going to make sure those kids are fed well, make sure those kids have the right resources, the the best teachers, you know, the best food and all that. It doesn't take the government to buy it for you. I'm saying let's communities pull together. As American communities, we can pull together. We can all pool our money and say, hey, this is going to go towards education in our community. Mm -hmm. I think people would do that. I'd rather do that than give it to the government, you know, to decide where that money goes. And I think this is the way that we should probably live. It's probably the way that we were intended to live. You know, let's take care of our own. Well, it's the way it was for a long time. Sure. Government just keeps reaching in, reaching in, reaching in, reaching in. Yeah. Look who Get gets, out of my house. Go. Yeah. Look who gets these contracts with uh, with the schools and, and the prisons and the jails. You know what I mean? It's the Berkshire Hathaways, the Vanguards, the Blight. It's the same freaking people, man. Mm -hmm. And we just keep, we just accept this crap that our taxpayer money is, is going to these same piece of craps that are pushing all this agenda, you know? Mm -hmm. And they'll use the exception of the kid that won't get any food without those programs to f to get us to comply when that's not the majority. Yeah, you want the kids to starve, Lonnie? Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> oh man. And, and that's that's what that's what they get. It's like, look, our kids will be fine. Like what he said, we will feed our own kids. Our kids will be just fine without the government, you know. And if there's kids that need it, I guarantee there's people in the community that will pull in. Yeah. So we need to do that, you know. We yeah. we need to kind of hold our own selves uh, to that standard and say, you know what, we don't need that money. It's easy to get. Um, it's easy to fall for that trap, you know, for the yeah. government trap, but we and can that, do without it. And that's a net that we can do. Like, Josh, you're coming on here, and I appreciate it, and it's all honesty. Like, you come to me if you need work, and I've told that to other friends that are holding this line. It may not be the job you want to do or are trained for, but if you show up on time and bust your ass, you'll get paid, and you'll get paid a decent wage, and there's a ton of people that need that person. 100%. That's honest and work with a work ethic. So the fact that you won't be able to feed your family, lifestyle may shift, mm. but if you're principled enough, people will step up and support you. Mm. So. Josh, thanks yeah, for man, coming on. Thanks for Thank you. Me. Appreciate you guys.